Hi, everyone. I'm Nick Forster. Welcome to E-Town. This week, we are going to continue on our exploration of our incredible archives, this time featuring 1998. And we go to the stage at Chautauqua Auditorium in Boulder, Colorado, for a very special show with two of my absolute favorite musical guests. And it starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, with this week's guests, guitarist Bill Frizzell, along with Jerry Douglas and Victor Krauss, and very special guest, Emmy Lou Harris, with Buddy and Julie Miller. Right now, here's your host, Nick Forrester. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. We get together every week, listen to some great live music, and talk a little bit about the world around us. You know, there are just a few singers who have really claimed their own turf. They, they own it. They, they have it. Their choice of material, the musicians they work with, their approach, the sound of their voice, the whole thing is theirs, belongs to them, it's theirs alone. And there are even fewer uh, of those same singers who can do that same thing while evolving, while changing, while trying out new sounds, new approaches. This week, we uh, lucked out. We scored. We have one of those select few with us. Would you please welcome back to E-Town, along with Buddy and Julie Miller from Nashville, Tennessee, Emmy Lou Harris. Same old stories gotta come to an end. Loving him was a one way street, but I'm getting on where the crossroads meet. What a man in a ten cent town. Time for me to lay my heart. Take a month Sundays to try and explain it's gonna be easy to fill the heart of a thirsty woman, harder to kill the ghost of no good man. And I'm riding on a bending sky. It's gonna be
thanks uh, to uh, Jerry Douglas and Victor Krause for joining uh, Buddy and Julie and I on that song. Just a little something we whipped up at Soundcheck. Soundchecks are fun, but shows are better because we have you folks here. It's a lot more fun with you here. Well, I'm going to go way back uh, to a beginning of sorts for me when I first started to figure out what this music thing was all about. Love hurts, love scars, love wounds, and mars any heart not tough or strong enough to take a lot of pain. Take a Nice to have you back here visiting E-Town. Oh, nice to be back Man, in E-Town, one of I, my favorite towns. I like this. <laughs> so the last time you were here, you had uh, Daniel and Juan, the big band you just put out, Wrecking Ball. Right. And now you're once again kind of had a departure without leaving home. You have a whole other thing. 
Just real sparse, Buddy and Julie? Yeah, well, you know, um, I've been working. I've got a new album that's coming out, uh, a live album with the Spy Boy, which is the band that Buddy was in, right. and the rhythm section that I had with Daniel Anwan. We were out for two years doing that album, so that was about all, the, all I had time for. All you Didn't needed. have time to go in the studio. So we've been doing a lot of that material, and it seemed like it would be nice to get back to something kind of real uh, quiet, especially uh, in E-Town. I know they like this acoustic stuff, and I always like it. So uh, it was a chance to just concentrate on some of the older songs. I read something recently that you had said when you were starting out. You said in the beginning you didn't really get country music. And when you finally did get it... It got me. What'd you, what'd you get? And how'd you get it? Well, I started working with a fellow named Graham Parsons. Right. And uh, he taught me uh, how to sing, basically. I don't know how to put it any other way. Interestingly enough, I'm executive producing a tribute album to Graham Parsons that at first I resisted it a bit because I think there's probably too many tribute albums. But in the case of Graham Parsons, I figured it was more of an introduction to. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that don't have no idea who he was, what he sounded like. Graham helped you understand how to sing in duets particularly, right? Just well, I really learned to sing by singing uh, duets with him. Yeah. And uh, it was the restraint of country phrasing uh, that I think sort of hooked me in, the beautiful melody lines mm -hmm. and how you can get uh, a lot of emotion without uh, singing a whole lot of notes. Yeah. And he loved the Leuven brothers and he loved... Uh, you know, that kind of the Everly Brothers. The and, Everly Brothers. Well, of yeah. course, the Love Hurts the songs we, we just did done by uh, the Everly Brothers, and then Graham and I did it. Yeah. You and Buddy sound great singing that together. It's really a great uh, blend. I love this band so much, uh, the band with Buddy, and yeah. uh, then there was Daryl Johnson and uh, Brady Blade, and uh, this girl on rhythm guitar, <laughs> me. Uh, I really had to learn to play rhythm guitar. <laughs> and... Um, we just, uh, you know, the Wrecking Ball material was so much fun, and then the old material became new for me. Yeah. And, uh, with new players. With new players. Yeah. And because I think there are good, uh, good songs that stand the test of time. Yeah. So, uh, and good. this next song is not on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway. Welcome back, Amy Harris, along with Buddy and Julie Miller. I'm probably talking too much, but I do want to say a little bit about this next song. It came out in the 60s, and you all, some of you remember the 60s, I'm sure. I remember the 60s, and there were a lot of really dumb things about the 60s, I suppose, but there was, uh, people actually believed that you can make the world a better place in, back in the 60s. And um, I was one of those people, and then I think I got kind of cynical and got caught up in whatever it was I was doing. And then I heard somebody perform this song a few years ago, and it almost made me weep because it made me remember what I had forgotten. It made me uh, remember that maybe you won't end up being a hero that everybody knows about, but there are heroic acts that we can do every day, even if it's just the heroic act of being kind to one another. Anybody here seen my old friend Abraham? Can you tell me where he's gone? Freed a lot of people, but it seemed the good die young. I just looked around and he's gone. 
anybody here Seen my old friend Martin Can you tell me where he's gone Freed a lot of people But it seemed a good die young I just looked around and he's gone Is anybody here Seen my old friend John Can you tell me where he's gone Freed a lot of people But it seemed a good die I just looked around and he's gone Didn't you love the things they stood for? Didn't they try to find some good in you and me? And we'll be I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to an archive show from 1998 featuring Emmylou Harris and Bill Frizzell recorded at Chautauqua Auditorium in Boulder, Colorado. We will be back with more after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. Emmy Lou Harris is going to be back later on with some more great music. We've got an amazing guitarist, Bill Frizzell, coming up along with Jerry and uh, bass player Victor Krauss. But first, it's time for us to let you know about some good news. Emmy was talking about heroics, even in your own hometown, something that we are committed to every week here in E-Town, telling you about somebody who's making a difference in their community and beyond. I'm talking about the Achievement Award, and here comes Helen Forster to tell you about this week's winner. Thanks, Nick. This week's story is about a company that's been around for many years and uh, is well-known, I'm sure, to a lot of our listeners. As a matter of fact, listener Becky Jordan of Los Angeles, who listens to E-Town on KPCC, wrote in to nominate them. It's the Gibson Guitar Company. Becky writes, Nick, as a musician, you know that traditionally, stringed wooden instruments have often been made of woods coming from tropical rainforests. In recent years, there's been much concern about the overdevelopment and resource extraction that has decimated much of these precious rainforests, endangering their delicate ecosystems. Well, a few years ago, Gibson decided to do their part to protect those forests. And Nick, what they've done is they have started working with a very cool program that's called Smartwood, and they were one of the first, uh, certainly the first in the music industry and one of the first companies to embrace Smartwood. It's environmentally uh, safe wood, and they even have a Smartwood guitar that they've put out. It's a, a full line on the production line, grinding them out. Now, Nick, we were able to reach Henry Juskowitz. He's the president of Gibson Guitar, and he's waiting to speak with us by phone. He's going to tell us more about the Gibson Smartwood Guitar and program. So if you would all join me in welcoming over there in Nashville, Tennessee, Henry Juskowitz. How are you, Henry? I appreciate you telling us about this program. How did Smartwood and Gibson get hooked up? We got involved in the Smartwood program about four years ago. And in fact, we researched getting involved in a renewable resource program several years before that. So Gibson manufactures lots of guitars and mandolins, banjos, basses, and even uh, Slingerland drums are part of the Gibson line, aren't they? Yes, and in fact, we have actually done a couple of Smartwood drum sets. How are the instruments uh, turning out? Well, they're absolutely beautiful. In Search for Smartwood, uh, it's very difficult to get large quantities, and consequently, we've gone to small suppliers of wood, and the smaller suppliers are able to find particularly beautiful pieces of wood and species that haven't been used on guitars in the past. Our goal is to have all our guitars in smart wood or in man-made materials, uh, and we're working with large plantations in Brazil and so forth, but uh, we're also coming up with dozens of species that have not been used commonly, and I don't know what the names of those species are, but they're very ornate and very curly and so forth. Well, you know, that's... um it's important to be able to delegate in a big company like yours. Yeah. But I... <laughs> Uh-oh. What did I say? But, Henry, uh, ultimately the decision is yours, and I think it's great that the company-wide program is really aiming towards this, not just looking for different species, but looking for woods that are harvested responsibly. I think that's a great commitment on your part. 
thing about the program is most people think that the Smartwood program is about renewable resources, but it really is a, a whole lot more. It has a lot to do with looking at the whole globe and the impact these resources have not only on renewable aspects, but the indigenous populations and so forth. Mm. And it's not only the harvesting of the wood, but how it's harvested. In other words, uh, there are chemicals that are used that pollute the local environment. It's how those people live when they are working on the various plantations and uh, the quality of life they experience and a number of different issues that, uh, again, extend beyond just a renewable resource. Yeah. There are people that have dedicated their lives uh, to improving the globe, and they don't make a lot of money, and they don't get a lot of recognition, and they are the true unsung heroes, and we at Gibson are very proud to support the effort of these people and are hoping to be a force for change in a positive direction in our globe. Congratulations on your success with the program. We're going to send you a framed award certificate. And if our listeners wish to know more about this program, we're going to put them in touch with you, if that's all right. That would be wonderful. Okay. Thanks a lot. That's Henry Juskowitz from Gibson Guitars. Thanks again to listener Becky Jordan of Los Angeles, California, for nominating this week's winner. Thanks for taking the time to write in. For the rest of you listening out there, if you have an idea of someone who sounds right for the award, perhaps someone you've read about or even know of firsthand, send us their story. We'll put them on the air. You can reach us by way of the netetown.org or write to us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thanks a lot, Helen. That's the Achievement Award. Emmy Lou Harris is going to be back in just a little bit with some more music right now. I want to tell you about our next guest. Uh, you know, I was talking with Emmy about some of the uh, sort of her musical uh, wanderlust, f- claiming, uh, claiming her turf and then changing it around. And uh, Bill Frizzell is a guitarist who's done a very similar thing. His 11 records, just on the Nonesuch label, include everything from original uh, Buster Keaton film scores to covers of Stephen Foster and Bob Dylan and Madonna with lots of his own compositions. He is really covered some ground, and he's a phenomenal guitar player who's widely respected. He's here this week with his partners from one of his albums. The album was called Nashville. Uh, Jerry Douglas on the dobro and Victor Krauss on the bass. Would you please welcome from Seattle, Washington, Mr. Bill Frizzell.
Thanks a lot. I'd, I'd just like to, uh, you already know their names. That's about all I can get by with as far as verbal activity. Jerry Douglas. And Victor Krauss. I got to go to Nashville a couple years ago and meet these guys and play with them for the first time. And I'm really thankful to have this chance again here. So it's just incredible to get to play with these guys for the record. Thank you. 
So, so Bill, I want to ask you, first thing I want to ask you is, how do you make the guitar sound so slippery? How does that happen? Is that a trade secret? <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I used to use Brill cream when I was younger, but I don't know if that's got anything to do. No, is it your left hand? Do you kind of wiggle the strings with your left hand? Is that what's going on? Or are you just kind of shaking it around all the time, trying to get it in tune, I think. <laughs> uh, he's one of those modest guys. Um, you started at, first of all, you grew up in Denver, right? Right, yeah. And your first instrument was clarinet? Yeah, yeah, you knew that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really where I got started in music, was playing in school band and marching bands and all that. But not too long after I started playing clarinet, I, you know, my friend across the street got a guitar, so I wanted to get one too, and that took on a whole life of its own, sort of. Was there a, any kind of piece of music or something that you heard that made you think, yeah, I'm going to play guitar? Actually, there was the Mickey Mouse Club I used to watch. <laughs> no, this is for real. That's where I really, where the... <laughs> no, there was... When we first got a television, I used to watch the Mickey Mouse Club every day, and I would just wait for... I don't Annette, know if anyone... Annette Funicello? Is that what you're waiting for? Or? No, no, no. It was Jimmy. A Jimmy. <laughs> no, I liked, I liked Annette, too, but yeah. <laughs> I thought Cubby was really cool because he played the drums. I don't know if anybody remembers all I this. Remember, yeah. <laughs> but I would just wait for the moment when Jimmy would come out with his guitar and he had, like, Mickey Mouse was painted on the front of his guitar. Right. And they would all sing, and he would play. And, that, and soon after that, see, this was even before I started playing the clarinet. I took a cardboard box, and I put rubber bands on it and pretended like I had a guitar when I was about five or six, I guess. Yeah. Then it was the Beatles, and all that happened, yeah. and you know. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> and you've been a guy who's been very also kind of happy to blur the lines. You, you don't... Uh, uh, see yourself as really limited in terms of the kinds of music, the kinds of other players you want to play with, and you've had an open mind and you've done it, and you've managed to please uh, critics and fans along the way, which is a rare treat. You've kept people hanging on and paying attention to your stuff, which is, <laughs> no, I think that's great. I mean, I was talking to Emmy about that, the same thing, which is if you change, sometimes people don't like that. So uh, you did a brave thing going down and recording with the likes of uh, these Nashville guys, Victor and Jerry. You took a chance. No, Jerry wants me to tell you something, to brag. Like, of all things, I go to Nashville, and so we won this Downbeat, which is like the jazz magazine. We won the Critics Award for the Album of the Year. How about that? Jerry wanted me to tell you that. Right on the line between I think that's great. I mean, that's just what I was saying, is you've, you're keeping people with you as you're trying out new things. Anyway, I'm anxious to hear some more. Got another tune for us? I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah.
from Seattle, Washington, Mr. Bill Frizzell. Along with Jerry Douglas on the dobro, Victor Krauss on the bass, Bill Frizzell. You're listening to an archive show from 1998 featuring Emmylou Harris and Bill Frizzell recorded at Chautauqua Auditorium in Boulder, Colorado. We will be back with more after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KSMU in Springfield, Missouri, on WZEW in Mobile, Alabama, and on KNBA in Anchorage, Alaska. As always, if you want more information about any of the things we're up to, lots of stuff can be discovered at etown.org. Now we're going to go back to the stage for my conversation with the remarkable singer, Emmy Lou Harris. Emmy Lou Harris is back with us. Before we... Um get back to uh, music when uh, you know when there's a cause that you connect with you're somebody who's outspoken and I like that I think musicians have a tendency to do that I'm not sure why it is well it's because we're on stage all the time <laughs> you have a captive audience that you can blather at right yeah. I actually think it's more than that I think it has to do with the fact that you travel a lot and you get a chance to see the world and I think it has to do with the fact that you've got a little flexibility in your schedule so sometimes you can spend a little more time on things Or I did get an opportunity actually last year to go to uh, Vietnam and Cambodia at the, uh, I was a guest of a fellow named Bobby Muller who started the Vietnam Veterans of America Foundation and um, uh, in the course of helping the veterans, he saw the uh, devastation that had been uh, ravaged uh, in uh, lands like Vietnam and Cambodia with the landmines. And uh, so uh, on his own, he started uh, a lot of humanitarian projects over there, a clinic to provide uh, free prosthesis and uh, rehabilitation for people who'd been victims of landmines. And, and, and that escalated into um, a campaign to ban landmines which recently won the Nobel Peace Prize. And now he's started a new campaign for Landmine-Free World, which is going to concentrate on locating these terrible weapons and digging them up. Because really, it's like littering from hell. When you think about it, it's just an astonishing thing that we've managed to do in so many countries, about over 60 countries in the world, most of them very poor. Uh, There are agrarian countries where they're impacted even worse because these people need to farm and their lands are held hostage by them. And then when they sit, they can't very well sustain an injury like this. You go to a country like Cambodia, it's a not to handicap access, let me tell you. And there's a lot of them. There's 110 yeah. million landmines out there now. Yeah, in the ground. So I was fortunate to meet Bobby Muller, a man uh, who I think is one of the heroes 
uh, that we have in this country. And I think there are a lot of people that are out there really just trying to help and trying to uh, let people become aware of how we can, you know, pitch in and do a little bit. So I was grateful for the opportunity to be able to go over there and see that firsthand. And then to be able to speak to people with a little bit of uh, information, you know, firsthand knowledge and uh, try to, to let them know, and they can make up their minds whether uh, they want to get involved, but it would be nice if we could all join hands and, and solve. This is a problem that we really can solve. Right. Contact us at Etan if you want more information about this. Anyway, would you once again welcome back, along with Buddy and Julie Miller from Nashville, Tennessee, Emmy Lou Harris. Um. I wish we could have a whole show of Buddy and Julie Miller, but I've asked uh, Julie if she'll do one of her songs from uh, her album, Blue Pony, which is fabulous, and it's, uh, I think it's for sale somewhere in the premises. Buddy has a, has a couple of records, and they're all so great, and uh, so do yourself a favor and get yourself all their records, and in the meantime, we're going to do one of Julie's songs. Victor and uh, 
Jerry come back out. What a treat. And really enjoyed the set, what Bill said. That was just so nice, wasn't it? Real music, what a concept. <laughs> I don't want to hear a love song I got on this airplane just to fly And I know there's life below me But all that you can show me is the prairie and the sky I don't want to hear a sad story Emmy Lou Harris, along with Buddy and Julie Miller.
Jerry Douglas and Victor Krauss helping out. We're going to do one more song for you right now. This is one that's uh, kind of a, maybe even the first song that a lot of guitar players learned, a lot of people learned. It's a wonderful old song, kind of a, uh, a song that comes from the Carter family. We want to send this one out to the, the uh, Carter family, which is a big one now. Helen Carter just passed away a little while ago, one of the Carter family members, and uh, they really were, in a way, the sort of first family of country music, and we all got introduced to a ton of songs through their recordings. Um, once again, I want to thank all our guests this evening, or this week. We had, of course, Emmylou Harris, along with Buddy and Julia Miller, Mr. Bill Frizzell with Victor Krauss, Jerry Douglas. We spoke with Henry Jeskowitz from the Gibson Guitar Company. I want to thank the E-Tones, Helen Forster. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. This is a production of E-Town. Wow, what a show. Emmylou Harris and her band, Bill Frizzell, 
a great award talking about sustainably built guitars. One more combination of ingredients that comes out feeling like an E-Town show. Live from the stage at Chautauqua Auditorium in Boulder, Colorado. I'm Nick Forster. Thanks for listening.